This is AutoLine Daily reporting on the global automotive industry. Sales of electric cars shot up 120% in the U.S. market last month. Automakers sold 28,600 BEVs, but almost all the credit goes to Tesla, which accounted for almost 24,000 of those sales, giving it 83% of the EV market. Not including Tesla, sales of BEVs were up 30%, but the numbers are puny. 11 other automakers only sold about 4,800 electrics. So how are the newest competitors to Tesla doing? Jaguar sold 236 I-Paces, Audi sold 726 e-trons, and Hyundai sold 127 Konas. Automakers have already asked the Trump administration to come up with a 50-state deal for fuel economy regulations. And now, the governors from 20 states are asking for the same thing. Three of those states, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and North Carolina, went for Trump in the last presidential election. Bloomberg reports that the EPA and NHTSA will submit their proposals to the White House in the coming weeks. Well, the wait is almost over. Chevrolet unveils the highly anticipated mid-engine C8 Corvette next week, and you can watch all the action. Chevy is live-streaming the reveal globally at media.chevrolet.com slash nextgencorvette at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Time on July 18th. Then Chevrolet will take the new C8 to more than 125 dealerships across the U.S. The tour kicks off after the reveal and will run through early 2020. Dates and cities will be made available the day after the reveal. Say, where in the world are the new Dodge Charger and Challenger? We thought they'd be out by the end of this year, but Auto Forecast Solutions says there are no replacements on the horizon. Back when Sergio Marchione was still CEO of SEA, the plan was to put those cars on the Giorgio platform from Alfa Romeo, but it didn't work out. A source in the supplier industry that worked on the cars told Autoline that the Giorgio platform could not accommodate cars as wide as the Challenger and Charger. So FCA decided to keep the current platform, which started out life as a Mercedes E-Class and goes back to the Daimler Chrysler days. But the plan was to make significant modifications to that platform. In early 2017, Marchione told the Motor Authority that, quote, by the time we finish with that architecture, you will not recognize its origins. Autoline also talked to a source that saw the new cars and described them as sharper, more angular, and more European-looking than the current rounded retro versions. So, if the platform was upgraded and the new bodies were already designed, why haven't we seen them? Well, here's our Autoline insight. Those cars are made at FCA's assembly plant in Brampton, Ontario, in Canada, and next year, FCA will sit down with Unifor, its Canadian union, to hammer out a new contract. At this point, that plant is unallocated, to use a suddenly popular word in the industry. So dangling out the prospect of building a new Charger and Challenger would be a powerful bargaining chip for FCA. And if we're right, we'll see a new Charger and Challenger 
around 2021. And those next-gen Dodges will probably be electrified. Speaking with Automotive News, Tim Kaniskis, the head of passenger cars for FCA, said, quote, I think the absolute future is electrification of these cars. That's not necessarily bad. Could be battery electric, could be plug-in hybrid, could be regular hybrid, could be e-axles, any one of the number of electric technologies. But I am a firm believer that electrification will be the key to high performance in the future. The only thing holding them back, according to Caniscus, is the price of batteries. Our special guest on AutoLine After Hours this Thursday is Paul Eichenberg, a strategist on electrification, autonomy, connectivity, and mobility. So join John and Gary and Joe White from Reuters for some of the best insights as to where this auto industry is headed. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone Tires, your journey, our passion, and by DuPont, transforming industries and improving lives through material science. Mini's upcoming all-electric model, the Cooper SE, is based on the two-door hardtop but has unique accents both inside and out. Depending on the model, its range is 235 to 270 kilometers or 146 to 167 miles. And those figures are based on the WLTP test cycle and converted to NEDC. The batteries are incorporated into the floor. The electric motor produces 181 horsepower and 199 pound-feet of torque, and it will go zero to 62 miles per hour in 7.3 seconds. It will be built at the company's plant in Oxford, England, alongside the gasoline-powered versions of the model as well. To stop motorists from getting T-boned at intersections, Bosch created what it calls Front Cross Traffic Alert. Radars are placed at the front corners of the vehicle to give an extra set of sensing. The system monitors intersections and will alert you if there's a car you weren't expecting that's coming through the intersection. It can give an audible or visual warning, as well as automatically applying the brakes. The people that help bring about Formula E, the all-electric racing series, are starting a new all-electric racing series, but this time for off-roading. Extreme E plans to field 12 teams that will race head-to-head using a round-robin format on short three to six miles tracks in places with extreme environments, like the Arctic, a rainforest, desert, or ocean. The wild SUVs are made by the same company that makes the Formula E cars and features special tires from Continental. One is made for summer conditions, the other for the winter. Teams will be allowed to have custom body panels inspired by production vehicles and develop their own powertrains. The vehicle seen here has 536 horsepower with a battery from Williams Advanced Engineering. Extreme E is scheduled to start in 2021. That wraps up today's show. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again tomorrow.